0: Training camp is right around the corner. Let's take our first look at what to expect with Jay Morrison. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Jay Morrison, now working with Pro Football Network, or at least in the very, very near future, and we'll let Jay talk a little bit more about that. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, and you can subscribe on YouTube be part of that first listen club be part of that every club we appreciate all of you listeners who do those things so much and jay excited to see you covering the bengals again you've had a little bit of a break but you've landed with pro football network and i think everyone is very excited to see you land in a spot where you can continue to cover the bengals in that beat capacity
1: yeah uh well thank you first of all um I think it's equal mix of excitement and relief because, you know, when something like that happens and you just don't know what's next. And uh, that was always my number one goal to try to stay on the Bengals beat. I I feel like I could cover anything, but, you know, spent – 11 seasons already building relationships and contacts and sources. And uh, the the idea of starting over somewhere else uh, was not that appealing to me. So uh, thank you to, to Pro Football Network for reaching out to me. And um, we were able to, to come to an agreement. So I'm really looking forward. I get started officially on Monday, the 17th.
2: Yeah, congrats, Jay. Really excited, like Jake said. And you mentioned the sources. And so let's just go right to it. If you want to break news right now, on any of the topics that you know we're going to ask you, I'm sure, Joe Burrow's extension, Joe Mixon's future, uh, m- maybe Jonah Williams being the starting right tackle, whatever it is, go ahead and do that. You can give us your first scoop. I'm sure that's what PFM would want.
1: Yeah, oh, they would love it. But if I if I had one, I would be willing to offer it up here because I'm not technically being paid by them yet. But I, <laughs> I do not have anything. Uh, yeah, you know how the Bengals operate. I mean, they keep this stuff so close to the vest. And um, it is – I. I kind of wonder with the burrow thing where, you know, ideally they get it done before the start of camp, but the closer it gets now and you, it still feels like he's going to wait and until Herbert gets his done. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of movement there. So I, I think everybody's just, I mean, I'm sure we all have our stories ready to go. And then soon as, soon as the news is announced, you plug in the, the financial terms and get it out there. But um, I think, I don't know. I I was I was going into the break pretty confident that that this would get done before the start of camp. And and I don't think it's going to drag on too far into camp, but I I don't know how far along they are on these things. And obviously, nobody's talking about how far along they are on these things.
0: And Joe Burrow, of course,
1: on a vacation right now, as
0: are many of the Cincinnati Bengals football players and coaches at this time of year. And coaches, I'm sure, will get back into the building probably late this week, early next week with rookies reporting on July 22nd and veterans on July 25th. But on the topic of the borough extension, it does seem like it's just waiting for Herbert, right? Like there's nothing else to me that could possibly really be going on there outside of borough probably deserves to be paid more than Herbert. And I say probably when I don't need to say probably. And they just need to see where that deal comes down because these sides have been talking for so long and there's so much mm. drive on both sides, I think, to get the deal done.
1: Yeah. I mean, that it is funny that they that he would wait on Herbert because you're right. He he clearly is the more accomplished quarterback at this point. Now, you people can argue arm strength and, and raw tools, but you look at what he's done with a Super Bowl appearance and five playoff wins and and everything in that regard, even if he were to go first. I mean, would, would Herbert be able to to have the Chargers go a little bit above Burrow and make him the second highest paid? I don't know, um, but it I just does make sense on from Joe and his camp to to wait it out, see where that lands, and you know maybe maybe it comes in crazy high or a lot higher than they expected, and then and they can go a little bit higher. As it is, I mean, right now the feeling is it'll it'll be a little bit higher than Hurts um but who knows if if the chargers go massive with herbert then then maybe burrow does get a bump which makes sense to to wait it out
2: do you think it's five years four years i know a lot of people locally are hoping it's that eight-year extension where he's under team control for 10 i think that's pie in the sky deep down i'm sure patrick mahomes even though they are the the super bowl champs is looking at the money that's being tossed around like man it'd be nice if i could rework my deal maybe he does but I don't think burrow's taking that. Maybe you do, but what do you think it it looks like when it's all said and done?
1: Yeah, I think somewhere in that four to six range, probably four less likely. I, I, five, six seems right. You, I mean, if you go high eight, ten, whatever that is, you're you're basically going to be reworking it every year as as that huge cap hit at the end keeps hitting, and you're like, oh, you, you need to restructure that. You need to spread it out a little more, and that. And I if they go shorter, um, then that kind of prevents Joe from from you know wanting to to redo it. And that's the funny thing. You know, he when he signs, he's, he's we all expect him to be the highest paid player in the game, but by this time next year, he could be what second, third, and then two years from now, it just keeps dropping. So um I I, I think that that, that suits. Both sides. And that's what he said. He wants to do what's right for the team. He wants to do what's right for himself. Um, you don't want something super short, but you also, I, he's not going to take a, a Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's going to take a Patrick Mahomes type mm-hmm. of thing where 10 years, eight years, spread it out. It, it, it sounds good because that's what is best for the team, but I, I don't think he's going to go that far on that side of it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the, the year's part. I think that's the biggest mm. variable. That's the biggest question. In addition to structure, there's some questions around structure. The Bengals, as as we all know, historically, only really liking to put guarantees into the first year of the mm. deal and, and how they're going to work with Joe Burrow to make sure there's guarantees. Is it just going to be a $200 million signing bonus? Doubt it. But they will need to find <laughs> some way to, to either do a massive signing bonus, which They sort of did with Orlando Brown to a lesser degree than $200 million or whatever ridiculous number I just said. But they might have to break their structure. Now, outside of Burrow, who I think we're all probably in agreement it's going to happen, it'll get done one way or another. Are there other extensions that you'd say are more likely than not to get done this year in or around training camp?
1: You know, I just keep going back and forth on T Higgins. Is it, is it a good idea? Is it not a good idea? Um, you know, if, if Burrow agrees to, to not necessarily take less, but structure it in a way that makes it easier to sign T then, you know, do they have to do it? Are you going to make him mad if, if he, if he does his deal in one way, but then they can't get something done with T and, um, I just, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I keep going back and forth on on whether that's the right play. I love T Higgins. I love what he brings to the, to the offense. I, I love his personality and he's great with us in the locker room. And um, I don't want to see that guy go anywhere, but you don't want to say wide receiver or a dime a dozen. There are, there's a lot of them, but the T Higgins level, there's not a lot of those. But again, if this team is going to be making deep runs in the playoffs uh every year they're going to be picking in that that early or that that late first round where that's where you can you can get another guy kind of you know they got T at 33 so y- y- you hate to move on but that that's what happens when you start getting successful and you start doling out these contracts and you have to make these hard decisions i mean none of us thought von bell was going to leave and and he ends up in carolina so there it is a very very hard decision um i I still look at it as 50-50. I just I I could see Burrow getting a deal done where the Bengals are it's exactly what the Bengals wanted and hoped and planned for and then boom, T Logan right off the bat. They they just knock all three of those out really quick. Um but I could also see Logan wanting to bet on himself and going into this season and uh it's just it's it's a really, really difficult spot to be in. Beyond that, I'm not sure that those are the three big dominoes that have to fall. Um, but that you know, Burrow first, and then we'll see what happens with T and, and Logan. Um, I don't if I was putting a percentage on Logan, I it would maybe be a little less than T, maybe 40%. But um, nothing would surprise me at this point. Like I said, if if they could knock those guys out in one day, and that wouldn't surprise me.
2: We're going to get to training camp, but I have another question about T Higgins and I'll ask Jay Morris and Matt coming up next right here on Locked On Bengals. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft, scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster with draft prep underway for the upcoming season. Let's see who has Vinny picked out first this week in eBay's guaranteed-fit fantasy picks of the week. And which running back has scored the most touchdowns combined the past two seasons? That's electric Los Angeles Chargers back Austin Eckler, who's 38 scores since 2021 and featured receiving first role make him a guaranteed fit for the first overall pick in 2023 fantasy football drafts. Eckler will see his usual high-leverage work as a runner and remain the focal point of the short passing game. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is guaranteed to help you win a fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay motors has it and let's make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, Jay. As you were describing the T. Higgins stuff and the, the different scenarios and just kind of looking at it, it feels eerily similar to Jesse Bates if they mm. can't get a deal done. Like if, if the, an extension doesn't happen and they're negotiating and then he plays out this year, do you think they franchise him? Mm. I don't think you can just let that guy walk. I also don't know if you can franchise him, pay him $20-plus plus million for one season, even if it is at an important position like receiver. What, what do you think happens if a deal doesn't get done before September 10th? I think it's September 10th in Cleveland.
1: I, I would think the more likely scenario would be they they let him walk and yet they take the, the comp pick um which would be huge oh. i mean it would be probably the, maybe the first comp pick off the board um you're right it's just it's too much and and maybe they learned something from the jesse thing where you know these things these are difficult but and jesse handled it i thought pretty well i mean you you would expect a guy to hold out a little bit like he did um but you 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 worry about on the offensive side of things as opposed to the defensive side of, of interrupting flow and and I don't know that T would be a malcontent but it's just I, I don't know that that's a road they want to go down again where you, you franchise tag him and and he's going to hold out through OTAs and through a good part of camp and then he comes in and he's a little behind even though he knows the offense but um, he has a history of some soft tissue injuries, and if, if he's not working out in camp and not fully up to speed, then that's another concern in the back of your mind. I just think it's it's all or nothing: extend him or or let him walk. Not a tag and trade. Sorry, Jake. Just one more. Not a tag and trade. Um, I guess that could come into play because that's about Th- that's what not he's... the
2: Bengals' way, of course. Right, and, and that's <laughs> about. I mean,
1: the money is going to be about the same as. We expect him to be in the twenty-five million range, anyhow, as as far as annual value, and and that's a, probably where the the franchise tag would come in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You you got to find the right partner there, and and I I don't know on the other end. Well, why not? If if they don't think the Bengals are interested in tagging him, then why do the tag and trade? Why not just wait and and grab him on your own in free agency?
0: We've seen it play out. We've seen the tag and trade play out, certainly. Mm-hmm. If, if they can't get a deal done, you, you lose a little bit of leverage, of course, as the team making the deal there. And it's not something the Bengals ha- have done a whole lot of. I, I do come back to the kind of culture that this team is trying to build in the locker room that Joe Burrow recently talked about. He did an interview with Complex.com. And, and talked about how important the off-the-field relationships are, and they asked about his relationship with Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow gave the answer he always gives about his relationship with Jamar Chase, They're good friends off the field. That translates onto the field as well, and that's something that I think T is, is increasingly a part of, and, and you've heard Jamar talk about that in the OTA process, in the off-season workout process, where he was encouraging T to come work out when he wasn't necessarily there. For all of them early on in the offseason program, and he wanted to be on the field with T as much as possible, and so I I feel like that feeds at least for me this idea that the big three narrative is also something that is actually a thing for those three players as well. And, and I wonder, do do you think there's anything to that from like a cultural perspective, from a relationship perspective, where Joe Burrow would? because I think they listen listened to Joe and what he has to say mm-hmm. about team building, especially with the offense. You think that plays a part
1: into it? Yeah, I do. I mean, you, you're, you're putting up numbers, you're, you're winning, you're, you're getting everything you want and that. So mm-hmm. why would you want to break that up? But I, I keep going back to um, T's end of it. How much does he want to be a number one? He's mm-hmm. never going to be a number one. Well here. I mean, it, it's always going to be Jamal, he, even if he's 1A. And does he want to go somewhere? And especially, you know, if, if they don't sign him to extension this year, um, and then you, you get to to next year in free agency, and maybe the Bengals win the Super Bowl this year. And he's like, hey, I've got my ring. I've got my stats. Go out there and, and test yeah. and see what I can get and be a number one somewhere else. I, I know, you know, fans are enamored with keeping this group together because they love T so much. But at the at the end of the day, it is business and and these guys are, are out for themselves. Even, you know, even Joe saying, Do what's best for the team, do what's best for myself. So I I that's the big question in the back of my mind. I, I think it was a Super Bowl week on a radio row and he he talked about he viewed himself as a number one. And if if that truly is the case, uh, and he wants to prove it, he's gonna have to go somewhere else because like I said, it's Jamar is gonna be number one for as long as he's here.
0: So, so what you're saying is they need 170 targets for both T and Jamar, and put them both over 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns or so, and then we can have two number
2: ones, right? Yeah, they should throw it every down, anyways. So,
1: right, you know, once once you throw it to Jamar, then the next one has to go to T, and it has to be split right down the middle. Exactly, easy enough.
2: It's perfect. It would be like if if Michael Jordan and let's say LeBron, your turn, my turn, and they just do that for the entire game. let's let's transition at least a little bit and and stick with the offense but a big topic outside of extensions this offseason has been especially after they added Orlando Brown Jr. what they do at right tackle and Lyle mm-hmm. Collins working out in Cincinnati it's certainly progressing hopefully well we'll see in a few weeks when we uh, when we're at camp and and things get started but Jonah Williams we talked to him during mini camp obviously Jackson Carmen took all the first team reps at right tackle how do you view this spot in this competition? Because that's what Zach Taylor's used to describe it. Who do you think the favorite is? How do you view the the trio competing there at right tackle?
1: Um, I think it's Jonah. He's just, even though he's switching positions, he's played that before in college, early in college. Uh, he's just got more reps in the league. He's He's got more of a track record. Now, some people would say that track record's not very good, but he's still, I think he's, has the head start on, on Carmen and and Carmen really surprised me last year. And he surprised me this year when we showed up for OTAs and he swore, he only lost a few pounds, but that's not what it looks like. He looked like he really got in good shape, but I just, you know, you see the videos of Jonah working out and you see what he said to you guys in, in mini camp where, um, yeah, he wasn't happy with what happened, but he's going to go out there and bust his butt and do the best he can to, to be a right tackle. Um, I, I don't know that it's, it's going to be a challenge to, to switch, but um, I, I think he can do it. And I think he might be better suited to play right tackle than left tackle. So I, he's... He's the leader in the clubhouse. Although I I wouldn't— that's a bad reference because that means you're done. He hasn't even started yet. But um, pre-snap favorite uh, Jonah for sure. And then I just—I think LC's bound for pup. I just—that's it would be Mm -hmm. remarkable. I mean, guys, just we saw Geo do it come back in about nine months. Geo is way lighter than Leo Collins. It's that's a, that's a, first of all, to go from Christmas Eve to early in camp, that would be a remarkable recovery anyhow, but for a guy, his size, um, I just think they're going to take it slow. You pop him and it, it buys you six to eight weeks to see what, what Jonah is. And even if he's great, then it, you've got some injury insurance and and you've got Carmen there too. And um, I just, I don't, we said early on, Paul and I said all the time uh, when the offseason first started, there's no way they're both on the roster to start the season. But mm-hmm. I, I'm leaning more towards that now where he is a prime candidate for Pup and then they just kind of stash him till about midseason and see where they're at.
0: That always felt like a possibility to me because they would have to figure out an injury settlement. So even if they were to cut. Lyle Collins to to try to move on and just say you know what we, we can't afford to put this much cap space into a guy that's not necessarily going to be able to play this year be able to mm. play until halfway through the year. They only save a couple million dollars against the cap because in addition to the dead money for future years and prorated money, they also have to add additional money for for the uh, for an injury settlement. I think it was like one and a half or two million dollars would be the likely additional cap hit for this year. So it was always kind of a possibility that they would just say. Well, if he's if he's progressing well and they said this throughout the offseason we're going to give him every opportunity to prove that he's healthy. So, you know, if he if he can prove that he's healthy at week 7, week 8, then you do get a guy who has fantastic depth or if you're really struggling at the position can step in and and he's played right tackle for his career. He can he can play right tackle for you again.
1: And I mean, even maybe say week 1 or 2 he's fully healthy but you've already mm-hmm. pupped him But so then he's got another four or five weeks to to work. And, you know, remember last year they gave him every Wednesday off because he was still Mm -hmm. dealing with a back injury. And I don't think they want to go through that again. I think they want a full go layoff Collins. So it just makes sense to kind of kick that recovery down the line a little bit. And and when he is ready to come back, he's not just coming back to play games on Sunday. He's he's back. He's all in on Wednesdays for those practices. Jay, as we record this, we're
2: 15 days away from that, that first training camp practice, which is mm. sort of wild in, in, in some ways. But what storylines, what are you going to be monitoring the most? Obviously, we have the extension stuff we talked about, right tackle. But outside of those things, what are you monitoring, paying attention to going into to July 26th, that first practice?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I'll read too much into it, but I really want to see what Cheeto looks like um, coming off of his ACL and and how he's performing, um, how, how the safeties look. I mean, that's going to be a big deal, uh, with, with the new guys there. Um, how, how does Dax look once he's in a set role? I mean, he looked terrific last year and, and they were having him do everything. And so once he focuses in on a role, how does he look and his, his communication with Nick? Um, and then the rookies, I mean, I just, I, I'm really interested to see how Miles Murphy is, is going to look. And, you know, maybe we see him going against Jonah quite a bit in practice. And, um, and then DJ Turner, too. I just think there's there's so much talent there. It may not be a spot, but he's a guy that, that could kind of force them to, to look at him more if he can have a good camp. And then I, I think everybody's going to be watching Yoshivash. I just—it's a really intriguing story. Um, it seems like every year in OTAs and camp, there's that that one guy that's that's turning heads and making plays. And um, this team has a need for a number four. And and you know, I, initially when they drafted him, I thought maybe this would be a a year to kind of a redshirt year, and then next year would be the year where he could really make an impact. But who knows? I mean. Get him out there in camp and he's he's he looked good in OTAs, the limited amount of stuff we saw them do. So that that's always kind of the case. You you want to see the rookies particularly early, how they fit. Uh, but but even more so this year, because uh Miles Murphy is going to be counted on. I want to see how much they put him inside, how much they put him outside, um, all of that. Uh, but Number one as we already said is, is Jonah. I mean just what what does that right tackle spot look like? How comfortable does he look? Obviously the pads don't go on for a while. there's not a lot of full contact probably not going to see him play in any exhibition games but you can still judge comfort level there and and you can hear with your own ears if he's not doing what Frank wants him to do, we're gonna hear it. we're gonna know it. so uh, all, all those things wrap together my, my big things to watch early on in camp. Yeah, of course
0: it all changes when
1: pads come on. That that's
0: always the thing to watch. I mean, early in camp, like mm-hmm. you said, it's stuff like alignment. Who's who's aligning where? Where's Miles Murphy? Where is he in, in third down packages? Is there a NASCAR package that comes out? Is there mm-hmm. still a major emphasis on RPO, on play action? How is the shotgun offense looking? Are they actually taking significant time under center? Or are mm-hmm. they continuing to expand on, you know, the shotgun game? Are, are you going to see a lot of 12 personnel? Or are, are you going to see a little bit more of that? Are you going to see a ton of 11 personnel as we would expect? Those are the things that are always really interesting to me early on. But another thing that I think could be pretty interesting this year in particular is, as you look at this roster and, the, and some of the veterans still out there, some of the clear depth questions on this roster, is there a move that you're just kind of waiting to see, okay? Maybe it's after the Joe Burrow extension, and they know what the cap hits look like this year for Burrow, and maybe a T Higgins or maybe a Logan Wilson extension, and then you're expecting at that point, like, okay, there's gonna, there's got to be one more guy at this spot. Are you expecting anything like that? Um,
1: I would, yeah. I, I think I haven't looked. Full disclosure, because I've just been kind of floating in the ether here for a couple of weeks. I haven't really looked at it, but it still feels like they could sign another tight end. Um and, and outside of Mitch Wilcox, I think that is going to happen. I think once once he's healthy, they'll probably bring him back. But if there's another tight end out there, it's just uh, Irv Smith looked good in OTAs, but he's got that injury history. And what do you do if he goes down? It's mm-hmm. it's not ideal. Um and a three tech too. You know, you and another guy if 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 they're if they like Miles Murphy outside more than than inside. Um, you still don't really have a, a great backup for B.J. Hill. Is there, a, is there a guy out there that they would be willing to go and get? Um, I, it makes sense. Once they get these extensions done, they'll, they'll know where things stand. And you see veterans like this all the time will kind of just maybe teams show interest, but they they just wait it out. They, they wait, get through the grind of training camp, and then they sign and, and they're keeping themselves in shape. But they just don't want to go through that that six week grind of camp. And maybe it's more like three or four.
2: You, you mentioned running back, and I, I want to ask – or you mentioned uh, rookies, and I wanted to mention running back and bring up yeah. Chase Brown. W- what did you think of his camp? Obviously, we we see all the measurables, all, all of the things he did at Illinois. But what are you expecting from him this season? Because I, I think it is a unique uh, set of circumstances in that running back room without Samaje Pirai.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the – expectations, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I want to see what they're how they're going to use him. But I am really intrigued to see – what his hands look like because he didn't catch a lot in college, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. He just wasn't asked to do it that much. And if, if he's going to be in that P Ryan role, then, then you're going to need some more of that from him. Um, but shoot, I wouldn't rule him out being the starter in week one. I mean, we don't know if it's happened yet, if it's going to happen. The assumption was Joe Mixon's going to be asked to take a pay cut. Um, I, that's already been broached with his camp for sure. The fact that he was there for, all of the voluntary stuff and the the, the mandatory stuff I, I lead you to believe that he's okay with it he wants to be a part of this but we know what age is on running backs and and maybe chase brown comes in and just totally outplays him um you do worry about the dynamic there if it, it kind of like with t and and jamar if it becomes a one and one a kind of thing how will joe handle that but um I, Chase Brown, he he is very, very intriguing because I do I, I think he has the potential to win that starting job. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's good for Joe Mixon where it, it brings the best out of him in camp and and he he holds him off and then Chase settles into that that third down back roll. Um that's that's another another thing that I'm really really looking forward to in camp although I don't know we're gonna see it right away because any like Jake said you you can't tell much until the pads come on even when the pads come on the run game is just I mean every everyone's a yeah. touchdown I mean they, they're not allowed to hit them they're not allowed to tackle them so they just break through the line and you don't really get a good gauge on on how they are at, at fending off contact and and actually making guys miss Um but I do. I, I like the potential of Chase Brown a lot. Jay, bef-
0: before we uh, before we let you go here, any other? Uh, you're you're a big concert guy. You post pictures all the time <laughs> uh, on your social media. He's putting it <laughs> and uh what what's the next show any anything before camp any any more you're gonna sneak in there
1: uh yes yeah, saturday night i have a george Thorogood up in dayton a friend of mine saw him a couple years ago said how amazing he is live so i said okay i'll go that will be my 11th concert of this year uh my wife's only at eight i went to two by myself without her uh then we have this this will surprise you on july 20th we have nelly um, Let's go! Yes, we're in the fourth row, so I'm, I'm Wait, really. Wait, where looking, at, Jay? That's at the phrase in Dayton. It's sold out. It's kind of like oh. a river bend but it's much smaller uh, with a lawn. Oh. And if you give me a second here, I can call. I got. I've got a bunch more during camp that are going to be maybe tough Nelly, to get to. I'm,
2: I'm going to sneak in. You said it's sold out. I'm going to sneak in. Fourth you know, row. I'm going to just there's one space, on the if there's
1: one place that's easy to sneak in, it's that place. I've never tried it, but I've, I'm. I'm dumbfounded by it's in the middle of a park in kettering ohio and there's a spot where you can walk up from the outside and you can watch the show without even being in there and all that's stopping you from being in the venue is maybe about a four foot high metal railing which me i'm a little over six feet i could easily step over that i never see people guarding that area so that i'm always surprised by that um I'm really going to sneak in now. Look at Jay. (laughs)
2: Dropping the intel. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: We have Incubus and Bad Flower on August 1st, Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin on August 15th, and then maybe Chevelle and Three Days Grace um, September 14th between week one and week two. um, I got to give my wife some grief here. She bought those tickets and she bought uh $75 VIP access and when she went to look where our seats are it says you don't have tickets you just bought VIP access we don't actually have tickets to this show <laughs> so and now the the that that gives you that lets you get in early for the GA well the GA is sold out so now it's oh, like well man. what do we do now so that one's an asterisk I'm not sure we're hitting that show or not man that's I hope that works
2: out a fun summer I uh, yeah, hope you it you works got works out for of her
1: too time. or she's never here at the end of it
2: <laughs> uh fun <I> got-
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I saw Nelly, Nelly came to my school and performed in college,
1: your school. Oh, your, Oh yeah. Your oh, college. Okay.
0: For, for like the, the summer, you know, the, the last, they do one party a year kind of thing. And okay. also he's one of the few like top 100. Cause he, he had some major hits, of course, mm. artists to actually come to the small city. I live in on Vancouver Island and Nelly performed
1: yeah.
0: in my city of a hundred thousand people on the West coast of Canada. Was he good years ago? I didn't make it to that one. I saw him in, when I was in, in college, and he was all right. He was into it. He was having a good time. We'll just say he that. He was
2: all right. It's Nelly.
0: He was oh, having a good time, enjoy. man. He was having a good time. man. Jay Morrison out on Twitter, at by Jay Morrison, a new Twitter handle for Jay. Mm. You can find his work in the near future at the Pro Football Network. Jay, we appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to seeing you down in Cincinnati in August this year, and we're looking forward to seeing your work as you cover training camp here in the very, very near future.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys and uh safe travels, Jake. We'll, we'll definitely have to to go out and maybe have some post-practice pops one day.
0: Yeah, that'd be great until next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one.